0: It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Join once again by the one and the only Uncle Dave Essler. Go ahead and get Uncle Dave on X at Dave underscore Essler. And we also have Betting Predators NFL professional handicapper Steve Reeder. You guys can get him on X as well at AvoidTheVig. All right, guys, NFL week number four. And I feel like right now we probably should know who these teams are by now or at least have a really good idea. And I feel like the three of us are are pretty dialed in right now on who these teams are and and what these teams are probably going to look like maybe for the, the rest of the year, you know, based on the results that we've had, you know, the last couple of weeks. Pod was great last week. Record wise, Uncle Dave, he absolutely crushed it. Our props crushed it. We were five and one on those. Uh, Hit another agreed-upon pick. Best bets were 2-1, and so uh, it was a really good week. The only thing we missed on was our parlay pick there. And, uh, again, you only have to hit one out of five, so hopefully we'll go ahead and we'll cash one of those. But uh, I see another big week, but all in all, um, I really think that we're kind of like lasered in right now with all these teams, players, coaches. So I'm predicting another strong podcast this week. Uh, This week's show will include the four biggest games player prop contest. Uh, Uncle Dave will have the weather. Steve will have the injury update. I'll go ahead and release the Sheep's Pick of the Week and we're also going to do our three team predator parlay, quick promo best bets and we'll go ahead and we'll wrap this puppy up, get you guys out of here with our three degreed pick. So that's all on our plate for this week. Let's go ahead, let's bring the guys in, Steve. I want to go ahead to, and start with you. Now we've seen, you know, who these teams are, what they've have to offer. So let's just go ahead, we're going into week 4 there, Steve. Tell me who your best team is and who your worst team is right now in the league.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm very high on Miami this year, and I, they moved up a lot in my power ratings. And KC started there, and they haven't really gone too far. But my best team in the league and my power ratings is San Francisco, uh, which is a half game higher than KC. And, and frankly, you know, if you filter out garbage time, they are the best team on both sides of the ball um, in the NFL. They're, they're just a well-rounded team. Uh, and Brock Purdy might not be the best quarterback, and if you put him on a different system. I don't even know if he's a starter, probably not a starter, but in this system, he is very, very effective, you know, and, and they're really kicking on all cylinders right now. They really haven't had a game that was really close in the second half. And even when you filter that out, filter out that garbage time, EPA defense and, and offense, they're, they're just light years ahead of the pack. Um, you know, obviously Miami Dolphins last week was a, a skewing the results a little bit there. That's putting them in kind of the same pantheon. Um, but the Dolphins don't have that, that defense, that, the Niners do. So it's just such a well-rounded group that even if one uh, side of the ball lets you down, the other side can pick it up. And and as far as, you know, the other end of the spectrum, you have the Chicago bears and and they have been in free fall on my power ratings. And uh, there are currently, I have them six points worse than the average team. And I'm not sure if it is low enough, there just seems to be a lot of negativity. In fact, I can't find any positivity. Their, their whole secondary is in shambles. Um, Fields is not playing well. The coach is obviously on the hot seat. The defense coordinator just resigned. You know, there, There's a list of things that are going on with this organization from top to bottom that doesn't even represent what's happening on the field because that is also ugly. Um, they are the worst team my power ratings, even worse than the Cardinals and Texans, uh, which just usurped them this uh, past week.
0: All right. Well, good stuff there. Don't want to disagree with any of those picks. How about you, Uncle Dave? Who's your best, worst team in the NFL?
2: Um, I, I'm going to agree with Steve on best. I mean, it, it has to be San Francisco. And, you know, we could sit here and waste time and spout stats and metrics. But, you know, get, let's get down to basics. They've, they've scored the most points in the NFC and they've given up the least amount of points. And why I would put them over anybody, let's just say all, all things being equal, that you know, that you want to put the Eagles in there or, or an AFC team. As Steve said, the 49ers can win any way possible. They can win with their defense. They got Ayuk and Debo Samuel. They got Christian McCaffrey running, catching, and Kittle, obviously. They they just got too many ways to win, so as if if one isn't clicking on all cylinders, they can pick it up the other way. So, yeah, I, I'm going to I'm gonna totally agree with, with Steve there. Now, worst team, you know, I could argue the Bears. I could argue the Panthers. I could argue the Cardinals. But – I don't know how much was expected of those teams. So I'm going to kind of look at it a little differently in terms of below expectations. And, you know, I have to question Steve's giants. I mean, they've scored the least amount of points in the NFC and given up the most amount of points in the NFC. And with everything going around with them, with, with Barkley and all this other stuff going on, I, I'm not sure they're going to write the ship anytime soon. Now, power ratings, would they be favored in a neutral field? Yes. Um, but would I bet on them as a favorite on a neutral field? Absolutely not.
0: All right. Not sure if I agree with the Giants there, Uncle Dave. I still think that they have, I mean, they do have a win. I think that there's still a chance that they can go ahead and kind of circle the wagons and get that team to play a little bit better. Uh, for me, it's still the Arizona Cardinals is still the worst team in the NFL. I'm not going to go ahead and look at what happened last week. I mean, that team was due to go ahead and win the game. And sometimes, You know, the the worst teams in the league end up beating really good teams. Like, we see it each and every year. Dallas clearly overlooked that team. Dallas clearly, I mean, they played like crap last week. And, you know, the Arizona Cardinals were up against the wall, you know, at home. Uh, Overall, I don't think that they're very good. Uh, I would still consider them probably the worst team in the league. As far as the best team in the league, it's hard for you not to say San Francisco, and I get that. But I will say that there's one team that I'm completely wrong on. And it was the Buffalo Bills. I thought the Bills were going to slide down uh, even a little bit further this year. But I actually think after watching that team play through the first three weeks, that that team's a legit Super Bowl contender. That defense is for real. They've played really well, especially after week one. I mean, you would have thought that maybe they would have had a little bit of a deflating game two, maybe a game three come down to earth. But, no. the defense has just played really, really well. That that team as a whole – Uh, is playing very, very well right now. So I think the Bills are really live. I think that they should certainly be, you know, in the conversation for one of the best teams in the league. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I guess I'm with you guys with San Francisco, but I do have the Bills a close second. So there's our strongest and weakest teams. But let's go, let's get into our four big games. That's what you guys are here for. You guys are here for the picks. And speaking of Buffalo, they're going to be at home and they're playing host to the Miami Dolphins, Dolphins last week, now they only put up 70 points. I mean, I wasn't even born last time I saw 70 points in the NFL. Uncle Dave was in his heyday. He was out there probably picking up chicks in his uh, 64 Cadillac. But I digress. Miami at Buffalo, Buffalo minus two and a half. We have a total of 54. Uncle Dave, I'll go ahead. I'll start out with you. How are you feeling about this game?
2: Well, I just want to question that heyday thing. If If that was the case, does that mean I'm past my prime now? I don't, I don't think so.
0: Not me. I'm in my prime.
2: Um, but as far as this game goes, you know, the obvious thing is to overreact to those 70 points, but you know, is it an overreaction? Maybe not. Um, you know, Buffalo's defense has some solid numbers. They've given up 35 points in their, their fifth in points per play, but they've played the jets, the Raiders and Washington. So, I mean, I kind of have to ding them and adjust that a little bit. I, I think Miami scores, uh, I think I'll be also looking at a Miami team total over. You know, remember, they put up all those points last week without Waddle. And I know the Bills put up 75 in the last two weeks, uh, but that was against some marginal defenses. But 75 is 75. I mean, I think this game comes down to whether the Dolphins can stop the Bills, not the other way around. Uh, Last year in Miami, they did. They held them to 21. Uh, But in December in Buffalo, the Bills scored 32 in the wild card game. At Buffalo in January, they scored 34. I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge amount of points. And I know it's kind of square, but I think this one goes over. Of you know, even if one of these teams does get up, you know, 10 or 14 points in the second half, uh, the game changes because the team with the lead knows they can't stop scoring. So you know, there's too many scenarios. I see that it is high scoring and not enough that it isn't. So it might be polygonic, which is my really cool word for square. But I like the over.
0: All right, Uncle Dave, um, that is a square pick, and I'm right there with you. I'm taking the over 54. I don't see how this game's not played probably into the 70s. Bills, 38, 37 points the last two weeks. Dolphins, we saw what they did last week, put up 70 points. These two teams could really score at will, and it's basically because, you know, if you look at the rosters, the players that they have all over the field, you can't really game plan to go ahead and, and stop these guys. Like Tyreek Hill is not a guy that you can guard at all. I mean, he's probably the hardest player in the entire league to guard. Then you have Jalen Waddle, who I think will be back this week. You have Diggs, you have Josh Allen, even though he's a quarterback, it's just, it's hard to defend against that guy. Uh, They both throw multiple running backs at you, multiple tight ends. It's simply just too much offense. Miami has shown that you got to beat them in a shootout. And I know it seems like this is a square pick, but I think that you just have to go ahead and take the over here. But like I've said in the past, Sometimes you kind of have to disregard the market, and if you think the number isn't right, um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do that here. I don't think this number is right. I think you could set this at 57.5, and I'd still play the over, and I'm guessing Uncle Dave will probably do the same thing as well, that this game probably lands in the 60s or 70s, and you know they they can make this number as high as they want, but I think you have to go ahead and play the over here. I'll sprinkle a little bit something probably on the alternate total, I'll probably play this one alternate, maybe up to like 70, 71 and a half. I could see one of those 38, 35 type games, you know, 37, 35 type games, one somewhere in that area. I think, you know, low 70s, mid 70s, high 70s, somewhere in that area. That's what I think. It's just too much offense. And going back to kind of like what Uncle Dave was talking about, I feel like it's, you know, the the first defense that doesn't stop the other is going to be the team that loses. And when I, when I hear that, when I think that, I just see shootout. So it's over for me, Uncle Dave. I'm with you. Yeah, it's square, but I actually feel like this is probably a sharp pick. So it's Miami Buffalo over 54 for me. How about you, Steve? What do you think?
1: I think I need to get a dictionary. A polygonic. I've never heard of such a word before. Uh, this is probably why I didn't succeed on my SATs. Uh, but nevertheless, let's take let's talk about the game here. You know, I wanted to actually talk about the look ahead first. It was Buffalo minus three, and the over-under was set at 50. And now we're looking at it, the market's kind of the same with Buffalo. Maybe Miami's got a little bit of money here, but the over is 53 and a half, 54. It's interesting because, you know, with that look ahead, I would imagine that the total has increased because of the offensive explosion for Miami, yet they're not getting as much respect on the side market. So I do think that that's a little bit confusing. And and actually, I, I show value on my power ratings with Miami getting the three points. Um, You know, Miami put up 70 points last week, and they did so without Jalen Waddell, who was supposed to be their second best offensive weapon. You know, they're number one offensive in DVOA going away. No team is even close to them. Tua, number one in EPA per play and completion percentage above expectations. They are a big play waiting to happen. In fact, if you take a look at the top six fastest ball carriers this season, all of those players were on Miami but there's no doubt that this is going to be the greatest test that they face defensively. I mean, Buffalo is seventh in DVOA. They've yet to allow more than 16 points this year, uh, but they also haven't played a team like Miami's offense. Uh, Although I'm not sure if there is really one quite like them in the NFL. Um, and you mentioned it, both of you, that there's going to be a lot of points scored. The Bills offense put up 38 and 37 points the last two weeks. And Miami's defense is bottom third in DVOA. Uh, high total with Waddle set to come back. I could only look to the over, kind of like you said. And it's a polygonic play. I know. I agree with Dave. Um, and I do think there's some value in Miami plus three. I haven't quite gotten there yet. A lot of people that I respect are on the Bills and like the Bills catching, uh, you know, laying less than a field goal. So it's kind of giving me a little pause. I'm still evaluating that, and uh, I, I do anticipate a lot of points. If Miami gets ahead, I do think it's going to skyrocket over. I don't really think either team is a running team. They're big play potential, which is why I think that even if the game gets out of hand one way or another, there's still going to be a lot of points scored in this one.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the pace is kind of high in this one. I do think one of the reasons why Miami is getting two and a half points, and a lot of people were thinking maybe this could come out of round pick, maybe Buffalo minus one. Miami played their last two preseason games on the road, first two games of the season on the road, then they get one at home, and now it's another road game. So, you know, it's five out of their last six games on the road. And I think that that might have something to do with it that the wise guys are maybe a little bit worried, you know, about Miami making another long trip, you know, up north. So, We'll see how that game shakes out, but it sounds like uh, none of us like the over in this one. That the over is pretty much the play. Let's go ahead. Let's jump into our next game here. This one should be interesting. We have an AFC North battle with Baltimore at Cleveland. Current line in this one, Cleveland minus three. We have a total of 40 and a half. Steve, I'll go ahead. I'll kick it over to you first. How are you feeling about the Ravens and the Browns?
1: Yeah, I'm a little bit bitter about the Ravens right now. I had a teaser play last week that did not go well. Uh, I thought the Ravens, especially with kicking it, that they would have the advantage here. But Tucker didn't come through, and, and the Colts did with kicking it. Um, I'm not really even sure it was the wrong play. I'm looking at, at it right now. There was actually a 1.2 yards per play difference uh, for the Ravens. So really, they should have won the game. And I'm bitter about it, and I'm over it. Now we're going to move on. Baltimore is 2-1. and one. They beat Houston, which is a bottom three team in my power rating, and the Bengals with a banged-up burrow. So I'm really curious how good they are. Uh, You know, Munkin was supposed to come in, revolutionize the offense. There were supposed to be big plays, you know, pass the ball down the field and it hasn't really happened as much. I'm not sure if that's the injuries, if it's because Lamar Jackson isn't the type of quarterback, maybe the personnel around him isn't ready for that type of offense. Um, but they aren't exactly getting healthy this week. So I'm not exactly bullish on the offense in particular. And and when you talk about Cleveland's defense, you know, they're lights out. They've only allowed 19 points all year. They have been so good that if Deshaun Watson handed the ball off every offensive snap in week two, no doubt in my mind, they'd be three and all right now. But they didn't. He's terrible. And I lost that play too. This is a venting session for me. Um, You know, Watson is a below average QB right now. And with Nick Chubb out, there will be games where it's difficult to manufacture points. And I think this could be one of those games. You know, both defense, Baltimore top five in DVOA, Cleveland number two. Uh, Both offenses look disjointed at times, especially with Chubb out. There's injuries to Baltimore. They're division rivals. They know each other. But this number got hit already. It's south of 41. And that's a key number, which is why I haven't played the under. If we do get some buyback, I will be on that under 41. And as far as sides go, you know, this moved three points from the summer. Baltimore has underperformed, as has Cleveland's defense, uh, offense. You know, laying three in a division game, it's probably going to be a one-score game. Am I comfortable doing that? I'm really not. I, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. The two-and-a-half made me a little bit interested. I, I have not played anything on this. I'm not sure if I'm going to get to the window on it.
0: All right, I'm slightly on the other side, Steve. I kind of lean to the over here, and a lot of that's just due to the Cleveland Browns. I talked about this team last week with no Nick Chubb. This team was going to be forced to have to throw the football. And one of the plays that I gave out, I believe I gave it out on this podcast, was Deshaun Watson to go ahead and throw uh, like over 30 and a half attempts. Or I gave out his passing yards over. I had a lot of stuff out last week. And a lot of it was based on the Cleveland Browns being put in a predicament that they had to throw the football. And I don't think they're going to go ahead and shy away from that this week. I could easily see them throwing the football. You know, if they can get Watson to have another week like he had last week, that's going to go ahead and propel them and carry them for the rest of the year because their rushing attack without Nick Chubbs going to go ahead and it's going to struggle pretty much all year long. So I see Cleveland throwing in this one in Baltimore. I think they have to throw. They can't go ahead and try to run the football. Gus Edwards has a concussion. Don't know if he's going to go. We already know the story about J.K. Dobbins. So I feel like both of these teams uh, coming at least into this week are, are going to be put in a situation where they have to throw the football. So I'm looking at the over in this one. And like you said, Steve, it's at 40 and a half right now. I'm getting it underneath that key number of 41. That's the only way I'll play it is if it's 40 and a half, 40 or below. So for me, it's it's I'm on the other side. Over for me, that's the way that I lean on that one. How about you, Uncle Dave?
2: Well, I guess I'm going to break the tie here. Um, You know, maybe it's just me, but I I don't understand this game. And so I hate the game, but games I can't figure out. I mean, I I guess I don't because I expected the total would be even lower than it is. And I expected the Browns to be an even bigger favorite. Um, So, you know, I I started off and I still haven't been able to figure it out. I mean, I know the Browns haven't faced any solid scoring teams yet, but, you know, they're still first in points per play and it's not close defensively. And, you know, with the Ravens injuries, I'm not going to put their offense on the on the, on the decent scoring teams. I mean, I think that um, Bateman and Odell and Justice Hill are, didn't practice today. So, I mean, I don't think that their injuries are going to get any better. Um, with that said, you know, the Ravens are fourth in red zone defensive TDs, which is a stat I really like. You know, holding people to field goals is a very good thing. But, you know, they haven't played anyone yet either. But, you know, I just keep coming back to trying to find things that aren't there, and, and, and they aren't there. I mean, I like Cleveland on the money line. But the only Browns game uh, that's gone over is against the Steelers. The only Browns game that's gone over 30 was against the Steelers. And that was with, I think, four Cleveland turnovers and two by the Steelers, which led to most of those 48 points. So, you know, I like the under. Would I have liked it at 41? Of course. Uh, but I guess I would still bet it at 40 and a half or maybe even 40. I mean, I just I just don't see it. I mean, I, I'm with you guys that, that, you know, I've been sort of anti-Deshaun Watson the whole time and and Lamar Jackson isn't going to win a game all by himself. So,
0: yeah, I'm I'm with Steve on the under here. All right. I I think that a lot of people are are looking at this Browns defense as if it's maybe the best defense in the league, but I go back and I look at the schedule and it's like, okay, you played the Bengals in week 1. Joe Burrow and that Bengals offense was completely rusty. They had nothing. They were they were just completely out of sync because Burrow obviously wasn't healthy. And then you play Tannehill and you play Pickett. It was like, you know, who's the who's the best quarterback that you've seen out of that group? Well, it was probably Joe Burrow, but he was all messed up. This is going to be the best quarterback that they've seen. And like I said, when Dobbins went out, this team was forced to throw the football. Lamar Jackson's thrown 30-plus passes in his last two games. So I don't think that, that that slows down. And I think that we see this Browns defense not looking like the best defense in the league. So that's that's why I'm where I'm at. So we're split on that one. Uh, I'm overruled here by the two of you guys. You guys lean to the under. I lean to the over, but good conversation on that one. Let's jump over to one of the disappointing teams last week. A lot of people ended up with this Dallas Cowboys team in their survivor pools. A lot of people got knocked out last week. A couple big favorites go down. Dallas will be at home here playing host to Uncle Dave's New England Patriots. Current line in this game Dallas minus seven we have a total of 43. Uncle Dave I'm kicking it to you first here Your New England Patriots on the road at Dallas how you feeling?
2: Yeah I mean I'm not going to give you a dissertation on this I mean a big part of me wishes Dallas had done what everybody expected him to do at Arizona so I might get a few more points with the Patriots but a touchdown in a game that's looking as if even according to the market that it won't be high scoring that's actually quite a bit um and I'm in 100% agreement that this day's under. We know what Belichick can do. I'm not a Dak fan. Uh, I don't think CeeDee Lamb practiced today. Uh, I'm leery of some of the injuries on the Patriots secondary, but Christian Gonzalez is on his way to being a defensive player of the year one day. Um, you know, we're sure the Dallas defense will bring a better effort than they did uh, last week, but, you know, there's the whole digs is out. So are they? I mean, I'm going to keep this simple, the under, because – and, and if it's going to be a low-scoring game, I will take the Patriots plus the points uh,
0: at plus seven, but I would go under A and, and Patriots B. All right, Uncle Dave, not looking to confuse anybody there. I have a gut feeling that Steve and I have the same exact pick on this game, and we don't share our picks before the podcast, but I'm going to go out on a limb, and uh, I actually think we're going to have the same pick here. So I expect Dallas to play a much cleaner game this week. You know, based on the stats from last week, Dallas probably should have won that game or at least made it a little bit closer than a 12-point loss. Dallas committed 13 penalties. They lost a turnover battle by one. Dallas virtually played every single series all game long with a disadvantage to go ahead and overcome, and it eventually just caught up with them last week. But I think it was a wake-up call for the Cowboys to go ahead and clean things up. I think that that's their focus this week. I expect Dallas to use the run and the pass even though Belichick probably will focus on shutting down the passing game, more likely C D Lamb for the most part, Dallas can still run the ball and they'll throw with the other weapons that they have. Patriots, they've hung tough in every game this entire year. We know that. And I don't see any reason why they won't hang in this game, you know, with their defense. But you know, it's Mac Jones for me. And I feel like taking him on the road, he's really nothing more than really just a game manager. I think the logical play here is to go ahead and tease the Dallas Cowboys down. Get them down to a half point. I do not see the Cowboys losing two games in a row. Asking the Patriots to go on the road with this current roster against this Cowboys team. uh, It just seems like a little bit much. So I'm kind of with you there, Uncle Dave. Seven seems a little bit high. It's forcing me to stay away from the Dallas side. But I feel like the tease is probably the only play that I would make in this one. Don't really like the total. I don't want to take the points. I don't want to lay them. But I feel like teasing Dallas is the best way to go in this particular game. So let's see if I'm right. Steve, what do you think? But that's where I'm at.
1: I agree with a lot of what you both have said. I am actually in line with the market. I I literally make the number 6.75. So there's not a whole lot of wiggle room on a side for me. Uh, But I do agree that I think that Dallas will bounce back here. I think it's a a bounce back spot in some respects for them, especially defensively. Uh, You know, Dallas was dominant to start the year. And perhaps we should have actually expected a letdown spot last week. I didn't bet it, so I can't say that, it, you know, I did expect it. But, you know, Arizona has been better than people expected. And, you know, Dallas was so dominant in the first two weeks that, you know, I guess they they thought they could just walk in and beat anybody. And clearly that's not the case. This is still the NFL and Arizona showed up. You know, I'm less concerned about Dallas's defense. I think we see a resurgence this week for that Uh, You know, offensively, it's a different story, especially going up against Belichick, like Dave mentioned. You know, the eye test tells me that back is a little bit off, but the composite EPA and CPOE um, has him 10th. So I I, I don't know. I I just don't see it. I I, I don't think he had a tremendous week one and two. I thought it was easy for him how the game played out, and I didn't think he looked great last week. Uh, You know, Mac Jones is certainly below average, but he's better than he was last season. So I do think that Dallas will give him fits, But there's still some potential for him. You know, a lot was made about Diggs, too, defensively for Dallas. And I'm kind of jumping all over the place here. But I don't think Diggs is going to impact this game quite like people said it did last week. You know, he's out and all of a sudden Dallas stinks. I mean, like, that's that's not how it works. Um, I, I think we're going to see a more spirited effort this week. Like you mentioned, Sleepy. You know, they're not as good as they looked in week one or two, and they're not as bad as they looked last week. They're somewhere in between. They're top five for me in my power ratings. It's a big number, so I'm not going to play it. And, and you know, if anything, if I had to play anything, i I play the under, but I'm passing it. Come on. Why'd you pass?
0: All right, so Steve, going to go ahead and pass.
1: I guess you didn't like my teaser with Dallas there, Steve, at all? You know, I, I really genuinely don't take teasers unless i'm going through seven and three with it and and the fact that you can get like an expensive six and a half i'd probably rather play that uh unless i have anticipation that the line's going to go way up that's not something that i traditionally would do so if i was going to play it i would play the more expensive six and a half
0: all right cool all right well that'll wrap up that game let's go ahead let's jump into our fourth and final uh big game preview here we have cincinnati they're going to be on the road here at tennessee current line in this game right now cincinnati Road favorite, minus two and a half, total 41. I'll go ahead, I'll start this one out. I actually love the fact that the Bengals looked rather bad last week, even though it was a win. Burrow, I think we all agree here, he's clearly not healthy, but it's another week for him under center. And that's what worried me about Burrow, was that he missed the entire preseason, had no reps, uh, was going into this season with kind of like a sputtering offense, and we saw that in week one. Now he's all banged up again, and it's still looking like a sputtering offense, but let's not lose sight of what happened last week. When it mattered most, the Bengals and Burrow got it together, and they got it together when they needed to. The Titans, they looked really bad last week, and Tannehill has looked absolutely terrible. The Bengals' defense last week looked great, and Tannehill, that's a quarterback that the Bengals' defense has had success against. Derrick Henry, he's not right right now. Uh, he has a toe injury. I think he had like 20 yards total last week. The Titans have a few key injuries that are worrisome on both sides of the ball. And I think the Bengals' rough result last week is keeping this number under three. What if the Bengals actually look good and it was like Burrow came out. It was like, ah, oh, he's not injured, you know, and they end up winning. This line for sure is three. But the fact that the Bengals won, the Titans lost, it sets up a little bit of a situational advantage here for the Titans. But I would be careful with this Titans team. When we were talking about best and worst teams in the league, this Titans team crossed my mind multiple times. And if they can't run the ball with Derrick Henry, and that's typically how this offense goes right now with Henry kind of on the mend, not looking well, it's going to completely break down the same way that it did last week. I mean, they had just six first downs last week, just 26 yards on the ground. They were two for 12 on third down. And I think we should probably go back to last week against the quarterback that a lot of people thought were struggling, and that was Deshaun Watson. And he ended up having his best game of the entire year against this Tennessee Titans team. So I think if Watson can do that, Burrow can surely do that. It's another week, and we know he's going to get nothing but treatment. So I think the Bengals actually come in here, surprise Tennessee. I think they win this game, I don't want to say comfortably, but maybe by a little bit more than a lot of people expect, maybe somewhere in that 8 to 11 point range where the Bengals really aren't in any jeopardy of losing the game. I can't trust Tannehill. If Henry's not healthy, this offense is going to look absolutely anemic. So I don't expect much from Tennessee here, but I think Cincinnati, with another week, can go ahead and get it rolling again. And they have something really big to build off of. Like, this is their season-saving game, right? I mean, last week they needed to get that win. They got it. And now I think that they realize that they can turn the season around the way that they've done over the last couple of years, because this Bengals team has started out losing week one, week two, and then they fought back and they go on this insane run. So I think Burrow will get the treatment he needs. I like the fact that they won. This Tennessee offense is absolutely brutal right now. So with Cincinnati for me at minus two and a half all day, that's where I'm at. How about you, Uncle Dave?
2: Yeah, I mean this is another game I didn't really want to look at. Um, you know, I, I had to do some praying, like Father God help me figure this out because. You know, we know a lot more about the Bengals simply because they've been in the news all season with Burroughs Health. So I kind of looked at Tennessee first. You know, as you mentioned it, their offense is 29th in most of the important statistical categories. And you mentioned it again. They haven't been able to run the ball. But, you know, that's where the Bengal defense might be vulnerable. I mean, they've been a little over five yards of carry. Um, and Cincinnati hasn't been able to run the ball. Um, and I don't think they will this week with the Titans uh, – defense being number one uh, in in yards per run. So I don't think they're going to fare well there either. So I think the ball's in the air, which makes me like the under a lot less than I thought I would. Uh, And what I didn't want to do is go into this game, was jump back on the the Bengals bandwagon after one win. I mean, albeit over a Rams team that I actually like, um, I I don't want to overreact. I mean, my guess is the Bengals will be the public play, and I really can't disagree, Sleepy. Um, They can't run. Uh, but the Titans past defense has been, I'll just call it unhealthy for, for lack of a word. I don't want to use on the, uh, on on air here, uh, that they suck. And, and, you know, I don't want to drag it out with stats. We don't have all night. They just do. Uh, and the Bengals have better players. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with you sleepy. I'm going to, I'm going to take the Bengals uh, and, and I'll just throw one more thing out there. What, what kind of concerns me about the Bengals is, is uh, Burrows throws over 15 yards Um two for 17 this season with a pick last week. So, you know, maybe uh, I've read where he can't plant very good with that calf and drive the ball. I don't know, but um, that is potentially a problem. But I'll talk more about that in a little bit. I'm going with the uh, – reluctantly with the Bengals, Sleepy.
0: I'm with you. All right. That makes me feel pretty good there, Uncle Dave. And I will say one thing, and you just noted it, and I spotted the same thing, is that Burrow is not able to go ahead and plant get the correct accuracy and the correct um, timing down, you know, going ahead. So I think that the Bengals are probably going to look to shorten up, get Chase, get Higgins the ball, you know, right off the line of scrimmage, somewhere where he doesn't have to go and try to pinpoint something down the field. But I'm not even really too worried about it there, Uncle Dave, to be honest with you, because the Tennessee secondary is absolutely brutal. So I think Burrow actually looked better this week, and that's kind of what I'm banking on. How about you, Steve? How are you feeling about the Bengals
1: and Titans? I don't have much to add from what you folks said. So I'll try to keep it simple here. I mean, you know, I have tremendous respect for variable. This could end up being a reset year for the organization. You know, there are a couple of losses, I think away from pulling Tannehill. I don't think anybody would be shocked if that ends up being the case. I mean, Derek Henry, not himself, you know, they're not running the ball. Well, and part of that is because of Derrick Henry. The other part of it is because of the offensive line. It's, it's in complete shambles and, you know, their first round picks not coming back this week. You know, I, I, it's diff- it's going to be difficult all year for them to manufacture points, and the Bengals' defense hasn't looked all that great up until the last week. You know, but I still just don't see how the Titans are going to be able to move the ball effectively in this one. You know, defensively they're having success against the run, but not so much against the pass. And, and in some respects, that helps them because Burrow's not himself. And you know, I still think he's going to be able to move the ball down the field here a little bit. You know, the Cincinnati D-line, uh, after having some success against the Rams you know, last week, I, I think they're going to have that success against Tennessee because that offensive line is so bad. You know, it, everything you folks said, you know, I, and I want to be on Cincinnati. The only reason why I am i haven't bet it, I mean, it's minus two. Uh, how could Cincinnati, the, you know, the team that, that could have went to the Super Bowl last year, that has Burrow back even if he's not at full health, be laying less than a field goal against Tennessee that's looked awful and has no law offensive line, um, it's still not where my power ratings are. I say that Cincinnati should only be laying one and a half. So it's given me great pause because of that. Um, you know, the under right now is 41. It's a key number that, that's certainly worth a look. But, you know, I, I think we have a better angle that we'll get to momentarily.
0: You know, one of the things that I, I noticed last week there with this Tennessee team, and it's something that I really haven't seen a lot of, is Vrabel just clearly out there with his head down, like, this is going to go bad. And I think that we're seeing that right now. I actually think that Tennessee was kind of – they put themselves in a bad situation with Tannehill, the fact that they didn't draft – move up in the draft to try to draft an actual franchise quarterback. Yeah, they went out and they got Malik Willis, but I think there's a team that had the benefit of the division being down. They had a good head coach, a a quarterback that can manage the game, but they had one of the best running backs in the entire league – good defense, half good defense, you know, where they ended up winning enough games to go ahead and really screw themselves for the future. Now you have to ask yourself, what do they do? I wouldn't be shocked if maybe they pull Tannehill. If if Henry is kind of hurt right now, maybe they just let him go ahead and get fixed. I could see him maybe missing some time. Maybe they sit DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe they just wrap it up and just say, you know what, let's not go out there and try to win, you know, seven, eight, nine games like we had over the last couple of years. Let's just go through the motions. This is a team I'm looking to bet against more than anything, you know, in the future because Tannehill is not taking this team anywhere further than a first-round loss, and we've seen that. So, uh, good. If you guys are a Tennessee Titans fan, you know, you probably hate our guts by now.
2: You up there talking shit.
0: That'll wrap up that. Those are our 4 pick games there. Let's go ahead. Let's get into our player prop contest. Props to us, guys. We were 5-1 last week on these. Uh, Steve swept. Uncle Dave swept. I was one and one. So looking pretty good. As far as our dinner bets concerned right now, Uncle Dave's in the lead. He's got four wins, two losses. Steve's sitting at three and three. I'm pulling up the rear here at two and four. So overall with our prop contest picks, uh, nine and nine on the year. So not that bad. But we're certainly looking to go ahead, repeat that nice five and one player prop record from last week. Uncle Dave, since you went ahead and you swept last week, I'm going to go ahead and let you go ahead and lead out this week. What are your two props for the player prop contest?
2: Well, I, you know, if we're just talking wins and losses, I'm going to start looking for some, you know, no safeties at minus 2,000. <laughs> I don't think that's fair, but you do make the rules because you are the host. Um, one of the things I'm – one of the ones I'm going to give up here is – I don't have a number for it yet, but I'm going to bet it. Uh, I like borrow pass attempts over. We talked about it a minute ago. I, I like the Bengals to be able to throw the ball. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to throw the ball deep. While we're on that subject, I'll circle back to what Steve said about that game. I'm I'm leery as well. I have a lot of respect for Mike Rabel. And just when you think he won't, he does. So I'm, I'm definitely with you there. But. I will take borrow pass attempts over and I will get that line probably tonight. And the other one I'm going to give out is Jalen Waddell, anytime touchdown. It's actually at plus 140. So I get one and a half if it covers sleepy, uh, assuming he plays, which I think he will. Um, he had a hundred yards against the bills last year in both games. Uh, no TDs, however, but you know, he only had 13 targets in those two games uh, and those were actually two of his catch percentage wise, worst games of the season. Uh, and yet he averaged over 25 yards per, so um, his receiving yards will probably go over too. Uh, but with Hill taking double coverage every snap, I, I think Waddle will get into the end zone this week. Um, and if you want a fun one, um, I guess we won't count this uh, unless it wins. Um, do you think Zeke scores one against his former team? I mean, I think if they get Patriots get down there on the goal line, they give him the ball. So I would, I'll, 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 I'll put a little bit on Zeke uh, to score at some point in time. Um, don't have the odds on that just yet either, but that will be my unofficial third one.
0: So good day before we go ahead and move on, what would be your buy price to go ahead and play burrow over his completions?
2: Yeah, I was thinking a 35 and a half or 36 and I, I'm going to say 36 and a half because, you know, I'm looking at this and, and I think that number might come out even lower than that because, you know, DraftKings are sitting right there with Josh Allen and two of both at 35 and a half. So I will use 35.5 as my price there, and I will update it on Twitter when the actual number comes out.
0: All right. Interesting there, Uncle Dave. Burrow comes in week one, he throws 31. Week two, 41. And week three, the week where he was probably in the most jeopardy or the most harm, he ends up throwing 49 passes last week. So uh, there's Uncle Dave's buy price. Uncle Dave found Ezekiel Elliott to go ahead and score a touchdown anytime, score plus 260. At FanDuel, So go ahead and shop around, but I, I don't dislike that one either there, Uncle Dave. So there's your two props from Uncle Dave. See if you can go ahead and sweep once again. We'll throw it over to the other sweeper here. We got Steve. Steve, your two picks for the player prop contest. What are you looking at?
1: I'm looking at the same game, the 1 o'clock window. And, you know, it's so frustrating for the NFL. You know, they have games on Thursday night. Uh, they have some on Saturday as the season progresses. They have some Sunday mornings, 1 o'clock, 8 o'clock. They have two on Monday nights now. I mean, there's games all over the place. They're flexing things in and out. How in the world are we not getting this game as a standalone game in prime time? It's embarrassing that the NFL left this at 1 o'clock. And obviously I'm talking about the Broncos and the Bears here. I really like Russell Wilson over 1.5 touchdowns plus 110 right now. Anything plus money is good for me. Chicago gave up seven passing touchdowns on the year, and and that number for opposing quarterbacks hit two out of three games. And and their secondary is an absolute complete disaster. In fact, they picked up a practice player off of Minnesota's practice squad, and Minnesota's secondary isn't even good to begin with. He might even start for them. Russell Wilson has Sutton and Judy. We've known about that. And this guy, Marvin Mims, is coming out of nowhere. He's been a TD machine. I think he gets more burned this week. He's a big play waiting to happen. Wilson hit this in two or three starts already. He has six totals touchdowns on the year. And this is the easiest defense he has faced. So I like Russell Wilson over one and a half passing touchdowns, anything at plus money. And I'm actually going to go on the other side of the ball to the other single caller. Justin Fields over 58 rushing yards. I mentioned earlier, it's going to be a high-scoring game. The Broncos will be able to get some of those big plays for sure. It would give the Bears more offensive opportunities. The Broncos have not seen a running quarterback yet to prepare. And I feel like when you haven't seen it and you see it for the first time, your defense is not quite uh, prepped for that. I, I think we're going to see a lot more design runs. There's been a lot of talk from Fields and the coaching staff. Uh, about getting him back to what he does best. And what he does best is run the ball and open things up and be creative. And, and you know, his success is not in the flow of the offense per se, not like a Brock Purdy is the complete opposite of that. Fields wanted to be more of a thrower. He realizes now it's not working that way. And, and if Fields and Chicago do not turn this season around, which obviously we all have our, our low expectations for them. They're the worst in my power ratings right now. They're going to be drafting his replacement in the draft. His career is literally on the line. I fully expect him to run early and often in this one. Justin Fields over 58 rushing yards.
0: All right. I like it. I really like the Russell Wilson there, Steve, because I looked at that one myself. So uh, I'll go ahead. I'll stamp those good picks there from you. Uh, here are my two. I'm going to actually stay in that same game there, and I'm going to go ahead and play DJ Moore over 43 and half receiving yards. I think I gave this out not last week, but the week before, and we ended up cashing that pick the Bears have now made it a point to go ahead and get more, as many targets as they possibly can in the passing game, or at least, you know, have him targeted more than he was in week one because he came out. He didn't come out and say that he was mad about it, but he was asked, like, how could you go out and and come to this team and end up not getting really any targets? So uh, five targets last week, only three catches. But the Broncos secondary, uh, it's an absolute mash unit right now. It hasn't been very good all year long. Uh, even the Dolphins without Jalen Waddle, too, for 300-plus yards you know, on this Broncos secondary. The Bears will look to run for sure. Granted, I think that they will. But in order to go ahead and win this game, I think that they simply have to throw the ball. Uh, and they have to get it to their most trusted and talented guy, and that is D.J. Moore. So I'll go ahead. I'll play D.J. Moore over 43-and-a-half receiving yards. And then I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Damian Pierce over 63-and-a-half rushing and receiving yards. The Steelers. Uh, One of the worst rush defenses in the league up to this point. I actually think it's like second or third worst. And they've played some talented running backs. I'll give them that. They had to face McCaffrey, Jacobs, uh, Nick Chubb for three quarters. But Damian Pierce right now is in serious jeopardy of losing touches. And this Texans backfield is going to end up looking more like a 50-50 timeshare. Um, If he ends up not running with a purpose this week, and I think that he has to, but I also think he'll be involved in the passing game. You now he's averaging 16 touches right now per game. I think he had three catches last week, three catches a week before. So he'll be involved in the passing game as well. But Devin Singletary actually looked pretty good last week, and he looked rather productive. He, was actually out, he actually outproduced Pierce. So I think Pierce comes into this game against his bad Steelers rush defense to run with a purpose. I think he'll get his touches in the passing game, I think 63-and-a-half over rushing and receiving. Um, is the way to go. So that's the two picks that I'll go ahead and I'll give out for that. So there's our six picks for our player prop contest. Hopefully we go ahead and do well uh, like we did last week. With that done and out of the way, let's go ahead. Let's kick it over to our chief meteorologist, David Gessler.
2: Yeah, hey, guys. Um, circling back again, I'm with you, Steve. I'm, I'm really annoyed. I I have to watch the Bills and the Dolphins game. I don't know why they didn't flex the Bears game in there. Um, but I guess I'll get through it. But weather-wise, you know, I keep looking. There aren't any major wind issues. Uh, There would be if Denver were at home, but they're not. Right along the eastern seaboard, I think there could be some onshore winds. The only game that could possibly affect is the the Jets game there Sunday night, but, you know, at night the wind typically does die down. Temps are seasonably normal across the country, except the Pacific Northwest is kind of chilly, but, you know, the Seahawks are in New York. So say what you will, precip here in Florida – Uh, But all three Sunshine State teams are on the road. So, you know, sleepy Dave Gessler has very little to offer in the way of weather impacts at this point. uh, But be sure and check back with WSSD for late breaking news at 10. All
0: right. Well, there's our chief meteorologist, David Gessler. No hurricanes to worry about uh, on the East Coast this week. Let's kick it over to Steve. He's got a slew of key injuries to go ahead and discuss. Steve, what do you got?
1: Well, first off, I don't think that we should be doing just a podcast anymore. If we don't have video with Dave in front of a green screen talking about the seven-day forecast by the end of the season, I'm going to be severely, severely disappointed. As far as the injuries go this week, we do have a plethora of them, and what I'm trying to do is truncate it down, giving you what's important, and not necessarily all the names. I more want to converse about the impact, whether it be fantasy or betting purposes. So Let's have a quick conversation here. We have Green Bay. They have both tackles that are out for the game. Bakhtiari and Jenkins are both out. Jones looks like he's probably going to play. Watson is still questionable. If they were in, all four were in, I'd be on Green Bay. And you saw Green Bay take a little bit money early in the week here. And now Detroit is getting some. Detroit, not a lot of household names, but there are significant injury concerns on both sides of the ball. So they have their own troubles as well. Tampa Bay Bucs, both corners are potentially out. That's something to keep an eye on. And if they are out, Jameis Winston is in and should be able to take advantage of those opportunities. Obviously, the Saints have very good receiving core. Jameis Winston's not afraid to throw it down the field um, and have a couple turnovers as well as always. They especially um, should find success this week with Kamara coming back as well. You know, in the Minnesota Carolina game, Bryce Young is back and they actually saw money come in on Minnesota because of it. Uh, There's not a lot of respect for Bryce Young and and this is not a good matchup for him. Uh, Minnesota's defense has struggled, but Brian Flores blitzing approach will be a problem for the young quarterback, especially his Difficulty processing right now. The game is very sp- uh, sped up, and he's got an ankle injury, so he's not going to be able to escape that pressure. So I do think that's going to be very impactful. But with that being said, Carolina's defense you know, also has their own problems on the defense side of the ball. Shaq Thompson, Frankie Louvu, uh, J.C. Horn, Xavier Woods, C.J. Henderson is also questionable. So there's a lot of injuries for Carolina. Even if they're getting Bryce Young back, that, that'll be the headline, but that's not the most important one in that game. Indianapolis, you know, they look to have Anthony Richardson back as a starter. And, you know, there is a little bit of movement back towards Richardson with Indiana here. And, and I agree with that. I I do think Richardson is an upgrade from Minshew. Minshew got the win last week against Baltimore, but that was not because of Minshew is more about the ineffectiveness and, and the execution or lack of execution by the Ravens. You know, Garoppolo looks to be out. We're not sure who the starter is going to be. I'm not sure it matters. Chicago secondary is so depleted that they're pulling the Vikings practice squad off their secondary. Uh, so for their secondary, that's saying something because the Vikings starting secondary is porous to begin with. I expect Wilson to have a day for um, Denver. As I mentioned previously, Tennessee's offensive line is in disarray. Uh, you know, Cleveland they played last week. It was one of the best defense in the leagues and they dominated Tennessee and Cincinnati is not one of the best defenses in the league but they were very effective last week against the Rams. They had 10 QB hits and six quarterback sacks. So I do expect Cincinnati's defense to have similar success this week for the San Francisco 49ers. They're laying a huge number and I'm a little bit concerned about laying two touchdowns for multiple reasons, because that's a lot of points to lay and dogs of double digits have done very well this season, but Brandon Iuke is limited and Debo did not practice. So he's actually got a knee injury that was unexpected from his rib injury from last week. So I'm not sure about the status of those two players. If they do not play, I do think this number comes off of 14 uh, heading for Arizona money. We also have, last but not least, the Monday night game. The Giants are getting back Andrew Thomas, which is very impactful. He's not a name that a lot of people know, but he is the best offensive line. And frankly, the Giants don't have a good one. So anything coming back is, is a positive. He's one of the best in the league. Barkley may play but he's not going to be 100%, so I would limit your expectations for the Giants in this one.
0: All right, excellent update there, Steve. Good stuff. A lot of key injuries for you guys probably to go and take note of. You might want to write some of those down. Certainly will impact some of the games this week. You guys know what that music means. It's now time for the Sheep's Pick of the Week. Last week's pick, Seattle Seahawks. I was with the Sheep, so I was happy about that. Seattle go ahead got the win and cover. Uh, there were two teams right now in the running for this week's Sheep's Pick of the Week, and it was between the Chiefs and the Eagles. But now I think the clear Sheep's Pick is the Philadelphia Eagles. I know this Eagles team rather well. The One of the teams that they just seem to play tight games with, with in division, at least over like the last 10 years, it is Washington. And the Commanders, I know a lot of people probably will be jumping ship on how bad how it looked last week and how bad that they got dominated against the Buffalo bills Uh, only able to go ahead and score three points. But I can tell you one thing that, that the commanders are going to come to play this week and the Eagles at times they fall asleep behind the wheel and they let teams like Washington come in there or go on the road and just end up having this, these tight games. And the fact that this line uh, right now is at plus eight for Washington. um, It's just telling me stay away. That's just my personal opinion. But I haven't heard anybody that likes Washington this week. So it seems like all the money's coming in here on Philly. The line has not come down. So the Sheep's pick of the week, it's going to be the Eagles. I will not be with the Sheep's this week. So that is our Sheep's pick of the week. It will be the Philadelphia Eagles. With that done and out of the way, let's go ahead and let's get into our three-team predator parlay. We've been unable to hit these through the first three weeks. But, again, you just have to hit one out of five. So we're going to go over and give it hell this week. I'll go ahead. I'll start out here, guys. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the Bears and the Broncos over 46. Steve talked about this a little while ago uh, about the the secondaries for both of these teams. I mean, both of them are just banged up. There's nobody out there. I mean, look at their look at their depth chart. You have guys that were starting that are on the IR that are no longer playing. Guys coming off of practice squads. Guys coming from other teams practice squads. I think both quarterbacks eat here. I love the fact that Steve likes the touchdowns for Russell Wilson over. I think he throws the ball a lot. But I do think this, Steve, I think that the Bears realize we're 0-3 on the year. If we're ever going to get Justin Fields to be a quarterback that can throw the football, we need to make it happen each and every week from here on out until we either decide to pick up a new quarterback or – We decide to just move on from this guy. So I would not be shocked. And that's one of the reasons why I like my DJ Moore prop that I gave out over his receiving yards. I feel like the Bears are going to force fields to throw. I know he only threw it 22 times last week. He only had 11 completions. It It didn't look great. But why not just let him go out there and throw? Force him to throw. Force him to be a throwing quarterback. I think that both teams throw the ball up and down the field. I see this one going over 46, so I'm kicking that into the Predator parlay. really like that one. Bears-Broncos over 46 points. What about you, Steve? What are you going to go and throw into the parlay this week?
1: Yeah, this is a pinch your nose kind of play because I'm I'm going against the money that's come in so far this week. You know, the look ahead for the San Francisco-Arizona game was like 41-42-ish, uh, and and we're all the way up to 44 here. Uh, it did open at 42.5, got bet up to 44. There's a 44.5 in the market. That's a lot of numbers for you. But ultimately, the way I look at it right now, especially as I just mentioned with Debo Sam, Samuel and Ayuk, both injured, you know, they're they're two touchdown favorites right now what incentive does the san francisco 49ers have to put players that are very meaningful to the rest of their season into the game in harm's way when they have super bowl aspirations if they're two touchdown favorites it is prudent for them to take it slow with these players i don't know what's going to happen with samuel you know obviously the knee injury is something to new to look at you know ayuk was injured previously is he going to play this week? I don't know. If neither one of those play, I think 14 too much. I think 44 is, is too much. And, and frankly, even if they do play, San Francisco hasn't hit this number in any game except for one. It was one game that they got. They hit this number. The other ones aren't even close. So I, I like I like 40, under 44 and a half. I, there's a couple different outlets. 44 is still playable to me. Throw that into your parlay.
0: All right. So there's two totals to go ahead and start out our – betting Predator three-team parlay. Uncle Dave, you going to make it three, or what are you going to do? I'm going to take the Bucs
2: plus three and a half uh, at New Orleans. I mean, I think I'm getting value on him because of that public beating against the Eagles. And, yeah, and the only downside here is Winston against the former team. But the Bucs beat him last year. Uh, you know, I look at the Saints, and, you know, they're probably going to be without Derek Carr. So I'm going to handicap it that way. The Saints beat the Titans by one and the Panthers by three. And, you know, we've talked even on this podcast about those may well be two of the worst teams in the league right now. And then last week they blow a 17.4th quarter lead to the Packers. I mean, how do you get up to play another game after that? I don't know, especially when you probably have Jameis Winston. I mean, they get Kamara back. Okay, I get that. But, again, it's Tampa Bay. They know Kamara. They know how to stop him. Um, I think Winston mistakes are going to trump that. So I don't think this is as simple as it looks on paper You know, in Baker, I trust I'll take the Bucks plus
0: three and a half. All right, so Uncle Dave going to go ahead and kick in Tampa Bay plus a three and a half. I'm going to go ahead and give out the Bears Broncos over 46 and a half. And Steve, he's going to go with the San Fran game under 44. So there's our three-team betting predator parlay.
1: This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus,
0: just like me. Uh, With that out of the way, guys, it's NFL Week 4. And now is the time to go ahead and get into the action. You guys can have direct access to our resident NFL professional handicapper, Steve Reeder. He releases all his picks for the week throughout the week on our Betting Predators Discord channel. Check out TheBettingPredators.com for instant access to picks, articles, newsletters, and this very podcast. Make the Betting Predators your main destination for picks, props, and fantasy football information. NFL premium packages are available today. Use code BET50, save $50 on any NFL season package. And if you guys want access to Uncle Dave or myself, go over to pregame.com. We offer all our premium selections and content there. If you guys are looking for a free pick at pregame.com, simply enter code PREGAME25 at checkout. And that is our one and only promotion for this week. Let's go ahead. Let's get back into the games. All right, guys, with all that out of the way, let's go ahead. Let's get into our best bet segment. Uh, last week, 2 and one Uncle Dave, I'm going to you first with your best bet. What do you got?
2: What I tried to tell you. This country, you got to make the money first.
0: You understand?
2: I make a couple of moves. A mill here, the mill there. You got it. Maybe you and Sosa know something I don't know. I'm going to take the Houston Texans uh, plus three uh, against the Steelers um, for a number of reasons. I mean, I, I watched every play of that Texans win over Jacksonville last week, and, you know, they looked even better than the score indicated. They they had many opportunities to fail, but every time they didn't blink, every time they came up with a, with a play, and, you know, I guess they passed the eyeball test. I mean, I know that's not a high-level, you know, Vegas analytical stat, but, you know, I'm sorry about that. Um, Stroud passes the quarterback test. I mean, everyone knows he hasn't thrown a pick, um, but the more glaring thing is the 900 yards passing – because he's not throwing dinks and dunks. Houston's eighth in yards per attempt. Yeah, I know Stroud's probably going to see the turf a few times against the Steelers, but Pittsburgh was given two games by way of turnovers, and I know people are claiming the defense forced those turnovers, and they did, but I don't think the Steelers are winning on the road, again, uh, by margin, with an offense that's 26th and third down conversions of 28th and rushing it. And, in fact, um, the Steelers uh, are the are the Worst team in the league in terms of uh, having most rushes that have gained zero or less yards, uh, and you know, I, I just I just don't see it. And you know, they play the Ravens next week. And last week, last year rather, before the Ravens games, they scored nineteen points and beat Marcus Mariota by three, and they scored thirteen points and beat the Raiders at home by three. Um, so I am afraid that although defense wins championships, it can't win every game. without well an offense, so I am going to take the Houston Texans plus three
0: all right so uncle dave going ahead taking the texans plus the three points for his best bet steve's now your time for your best bet what are you looking at if you're
2: good at something never do it for free all right so listen why don't you give me a call when you want to start taking things a little more seriously here's
1: my card breaking news, Taylor Swift is expected to attend the Chiefs at New York Jets game in person to support Travis Kelsey. I'm so glad that I was the one to break it, you all. Unfortunately, this is not live and you probably heard it and it's been on the media all the day. Uh, so let's get to the best bet. You know, originally when we first started this, my intention was to give out Minnesota minus three and a half, but we've seen money come on them uh, all the way up to four, four and a half at some outlets. You know, and so much of my positivity with the Vikings is complete opposite of last year. Last year, they were lucky. I mean, the one-score games are undefeated. You know, everyone knew they weren't as good as their record suggested. And now we're, we're, we're looking at a team that is 0-3. And they're, I don't even know if they have a heartbeat left, but if they do, this is the game they need to come with it. And, you know, they, look how bad this is. They have six turnovers inside their opponent 20-yard line, four of which came inside the one-yard line or in the end zone. They have injuries, uh, you know, they're playing Carolina this week that has injuries to Shaq Thompson, Frankie Louvu, J.C. Horn, Xavier Woods, C.J. Henderson, you know, Cousins is going against that team, and as, as bad as they've looked on the record-wise, he's still top 10 in composite EPA, CPOE. So I do expect him to be very successful. I think that there's, although Carolina in previous years has looked somewhat decent defensively i don't think this is the game i don't think they can overcome the amount of people that are out uh minnesota needs this they're winless they're they're on life support you know if things go awry here much further i think they're going to jettison kirk cousins or at least look to move this guy uh this is an all-in effort i don't think anybody wants to go on a rebuilding team this is the game they draw the line of the sand they have to get a win um, but with that moving up to four four and a half it's expensive. So what are we going to do? We're gonna pivot to over Minnesota 24 and a half. We're on the wrong side of the team total key number here of 24. Uh, but I, I still like it. I shopped around. I couldn't find anything that was 24 on the dot here. So we're gonna play over 24 and a half. There's some reduced vig if you shop around, but we'll call it even minus 110.
0: All right, so Steve's the best bet gonna go ahead and look at that Vikings over. Uh, I do have some breaking news. Um, I do not think Taylor Swift is attractive. So there's some breaking news there. And let me give you guys a a pick that's not attractive either. Not sure if you guys are going to like this one. I'm going to go and I'm going to play. Come on and wake up. Come on and wake up now. It's time to shake a leg and get up. It's time for you to raise your head up. Come on and wake up. Come on and wake up now. You know it's time. Come on and 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 wake up now. The Las Vegas Raiders at plus five and a half. I think this Chargers team is in serious trouble right now. Even though they squeezed out a win against that team that Steve just mentioned, the Minnesota Vikings, I think it's going to be tough for them to go ahead and get back up for this game this week. The Raiders, in my opinion, they're going to have the home field advantage here at this stadium. The Chargers right now, they're dealing with about 10 guys that are either out or injured, and they just lost Mike Williams for the entire season. That's a huge blow. I mean, he was so important to that team just last week. They don't win that game against Minnesota. I think he had 121 yards, six or seven catches last week, a touchdown. Uh, I know Eckler's supposed to come back, but um, I think like he's being forced back. I mean, this guy traditionally you know, turns an ankle. He's out for six, eight weeks, and all of a sudden you know, he's going to make a, a kind of a triumphant return. I think they're rushing him back. I wouldn't be shocked if he kind of looks a little bit gimpy here. The Raiders, they are healthy, if you ask me. I think Jimmy G is going to play. I think that Crosby is going to play. Those are the two guys that are a little bit banged up, but I think both of those guys probably play. But outside of those two, I mean, the the Raiders' team is pretty much healthy. I think the Raiders have a legit shot to win this game outright. I think this line's wrong. It should be probably Chargers minus 2.5, maybe Chargers minus 3 at most. I'll take the points here. I'll take the 5.5. I'll sprinkle a little bit here on the Raiders. I think the Raiders are really, really live to go ahead and win this one outright. If you ask me who's the better team right now on paper with all these injuries and everything that's going on, it's the Raiders. And being here in L.A., you're going to have nothing but Raider fans there. So it's going to feel like a home game here, kind of a bounce-back spot here for the Raiders coming off of a loss and the Chargers coming off of a win. This is just a really bad situation for me uh, when you look at, at trying to go ahead and back the Chargers. I cannot do that. I'm going to make my best bet the Las Vegas Raiders. At plus five and a half. All right. So with best bets out of the way, let's go ahead and get into our final segment here. And that's going to be the three amigos agree pick last week. Big winner for us. We had the Chicago Bears under their team total. And we're going to go. We're going to play another team total for you guys. And we're going to go. We're going to play the Tennessee Titans under 20 and a half. I absolutely love this one. Steve, I'll go ahead and let you kick this one off first. Titans team total under 20 and a half.
1: What do you like about it? We covered a lot of, I think, the talking points previously, but let's summarize a little bit here. I mean, Tennessee's only covered this number one time. As Dave mentioned previously, it was against a Chargers defense that it's abhorrent. They're terrible. You know, they scored three points last week against Cleveland, which is arguably the best defense in the league. You know, and Cincinnati's not the best defense. They're mediocre, but, you know. Lou Amaromo, I can't say his name properly, but the defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals held the Rams to 16 points last week. They look like they're a much better group right now that they're starting to hit their stride a little bit more. And, and the Rams are better, much better on O than Tennessee is. The offensive line for Tennessee is banged up. They don't have a run game, and that's what they're predicated on. You know, and, and last week, Cincinnati had 10 QB hits. Six sacks on Monday night football in that Rams game. I think we see a very similar um, situation here against Tennessee. Uh, you know, Cincinnati is more susceptible to the run than the pass. So maybe Tennessee finally starts getting their run game together. But I'm not sure that doesn't help our our under here you know that's going to keep the clock moving not a lot of stoppage for those incomplete passes you know and on the flip side of the ball Cincinnati's looking for those short completions to burrow because you know he can't maneuver in the pocket or really throw the ball very far down the field so you know shorter passing games less explosive plays down the field you know matriculating the ball moving those chains for the Cincinnati offense is going to keep the ball away from Tennessee I I think everything here screams under Tennessee 20 and a half All
0: right, Steve, good stuff there. Love the Bengals game plan kind of thrown in that one. Um, If you go back to last week and you looked at some of the interviews, even when Burrow had the interview, two of the questions that were asked was, one, how good's Jamar Chase and what does he mean to this team? And what did you think of the defense? And Burrow was like, if it wasn't for the defense, we don't win this game. And then it was that same question was asked to multiple players and multiple coaches on this Bengals team. And a lot of it came back to the defense. And I think the defense is going to come in here knowing that, that they won that game for them last week. Burrow managed it. Chase was a big help, but it was the Bengals defense that got them that win last week. But how could you have any faith in this Tennessee team? Ryan Tannehill is looking worse and worse each and every game. And if Derrick Henry, like I said earlier on the podcast, if he can't run this Tennessee Titans team, not only do they not pick up yards, but they don't score any points. Asking them to get 20 and a half against a team, that feels like they won a game last week, they're going to feel like they can easily win this game this week. Why? Because they've had success against Tannehill in the past. So I think Tannehill's in trouble. Titans offense is going to be in trouble here. It's going to have to be one of those situations where the Bengals put Burrow in a situation to go out there and do too much and end up, you know, throwing the football away and, and Tennessee getting good field position or points off of on defensive turnover. So – I don't see it. Tennessee Titans, for me, under 20 and a half. I love it. I don't see that offense doing much of anything this week. Uncle David, let you go her wrap this one up. What do you got?
2: I can't add a whole lot to what you guys have already said, but I will try. I mean, Tennessee in the red zone this year, 33%. The only team that's worse is Houston. You mentioned Tannehill and last week. Well, Tannehill in game one against the Saints, 16 for 34, less than 50 percent, less than 200 yards, three interceptions. Uh, and to to underscore the uh, red zone, uh, their 15 points were on five field goals. So, uh, you know, I know aside from that game against the Chargers with with uh, sort of more of an up-tempo game against a, a much lesser defense in the Chargers, I mean, I think that's the outlier uh, and – this is the in liar. I'm with you. Uh, Well, obviously we are. We've already talked about it, but yeah, I mean, that would require Tennessee to basically kick seven field goals or get in the end zone three times or some combination thereof, and I don't know how that happens. I do know that um, we should probably circle back to Steve's breaking news. I mean, how do we not just forget this whole podcast, forget all the work we've done this week, and just bet the farm on Travis Kelsey and any time touchdown with Taylor Swift there? I mean, we saw what happened last week, and even after the games, Mahomes said there was sort of some un 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 said pressure to get him one. You don't think that's any different this week? That'll be my 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 fourth prop of the week. The All
0: right, so there's a bonus pick for you guys. Taylor Swift to entice Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball to Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown. So that should be interesting. I think along with that there, Uncle Dave, I think we've managed to do one thing else on this podcast, and that's probably piss off every Tennessee Titans fan. We will probably lose our Tennessee crowd after this podcast, but you know what? We'll jeopardize it as long as we hit our three amigos pick and we hit all the players and we hit all the other picks that we gave out um, against the Titans this week. Um, I think we'll be pretty happy with that. Hopefully you guys are happy uh, with the podcast this week. If you guys followed along last week, you guys won. Hopefully we can go ahead and, duplicate that for you guys once again you guys know where to find us on twitter at sleepyg underscore pregame at dave underscore essler at avoid the vig check us out over there at the betting predators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web pregame.com with that said like to wish you guys all the best of luck for nfl week number four enjoy the games